A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. in Hertfordshire is a town with a population of just over 30,000 people. A popular choice for commuters, wanting to live near the English capital but not in London. Elstree Studios is based in Borehamwood, an area where hundreds if not thousands of movies and TV shows have been filmed. It's not unusual to see the odd celebrity. But in December, the high street is abuzz with a different excitement. It's Christmas time, and the festivities are in full swing. Fairy lights twinkle in primary colours from shop windows, and the town's giant Christmas trees perch proudly in the high street for everyone to admire. In 2011, the mayor switched on the lights in a joyous ceremony with a vintage carousel an ice skating rink and carols. It was the same month a nearby church got a new cross. The local newspaper seemed to be brimming with positive news. However, in Borehamwood, December 2011 was also a time when something truly devastating occurred. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 27 of They Walk Among Us, 
a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Katie Winter and her loved ones spent a cosy Christmas day together, opening presents at the family home and then feasting on a traditional Christmas dinner with all the trimmings. On Boxing Day, 19-year-old Katie agreed to do her sister a favour by babysitting Sabrina's two young children overnight. Katie arrived at her sister's home and by 7.30pm she was in charge of the children while Sabrina went out to enjoy her evening. The next morning, December 27th, Katie's mother, Joy Briscoe, was scheduled to walk over and meet her daughter around 8am. Joy opened the front door, but something was not right. At first there was silence, before Joy heard the welcome sound of her two grandchildren echoing from the top of the stairs. The words they were calling out were not so comforting. Grandma. Grandma. Katie's dead. Catherine Winter, or Katie as she preferred to be called, was born in 1992. When she was young, Katie was enrolled at Parkside on a cliff road, a Borehamwood primary school that is still open today and proclaims on its website. Our head teacher and the entire staff team will provide your child with opportunities to enjoy a happy, hard-working and successful start to their education. The statement could be applied to young Katie Winter, as she discovered her love and skill for drawing during her time there. In secondary school, her passion for art did not wane. She attended Queen's School on Aldenham Road in Bushy, where her fellow pupils thought of Katie as creative and compassionate, possessing a strong personality with a great sense of humour. A friend Amy Foster recalled, She was a tough girl, and she would never let anything get to her. She didn't care what people had to say about her. Katie was determined to pursue a career in the arts. There was absolutely no reason why that would not be part of her future. When Christmas rolled around each year, it was an opportunity to show her artistic talent. Katie would create something unique for the people she cared about. She would surprise her friends by gifting them with a portrait. Amy Foster said of Katie... She was like a sister to me. She was the best friend you could ask for. She was always the girl with a smile on her face. And she was never in a bad mood. Katie and Amy spent most weekends together. Katie was one of the family, Amy remarked. She would always come over our house and just fit right in. We all loved her very much. 
The two young women often spoke about the shared desire to go on a day trip to London to visit the art galleries. In the meantime, the friends had something else planned. They hoped to attend a Doctor Who exhibition for Katie's upcoming 20th birthday. When Katie Winter was not spending time with her best friend, she was invariably in the company of her close-knit family. She lived with her mother Joy in a first-floor flat close to the centre of town, while her sister Sabrina lived nearby, in a mid-terrace property on Beach Drive. Sabrina had two children, ages three and four, and Katie took on her role as an aunt with delight. To support her young family, Sabrina had to work long and unsociable hours. Katie willingly helped her sibling when it came to providing care for her niece and nephew. While many young adults Katie's age spent their free time partying into the night or early hours, it was not something Katie was interested in. She was neither a drinker nor a smoker. She much preferred to spend time on her computer, listening to music and studying. Katie was also a regular face at the local church. Family friend Doreen Foster recalled, I treated her like a granddaughter. She spent half her time looking after her sister's kids. She was the most bubbly person I have ever met, and a talented artist. Katie had already started her journey toward a career in the arts, studying a foundation degree in art and design at West Hearts College, scheduled to graduate in 2012. Katie Winter's future was looking bright. She was well on her way to achieving her goals and ambitions. She had a family who loved her. With so much to look forward to, Katie's world was expanding, and now she had a new boyfriend. The new man in Katie Winter's life was fellow Borehamwood resident Tony Bushby. Bushby was younger than Katie, raised by a single mother after his father left the family while Bushby was in primary school. Katie and Bushby's paths had crossed while they were both attending West Hearts College. Katie was studying in the year above Tony Bushby. They only saw each other sporadically as they were in different classes, but it was on the social media platform Facebook where they struck up a relationship. As well as studying, Tony Bushby had to work. He took up a position at the Holiday Inn in Borehamwood. When not working, he had a keen interest in martial arts. Bushby had achieved a high level in karate, and on occasion he even taught classes. Speaking about Bushby, Michael Hollingbury, the owner of the Orca Kai Karate Club, stated, I saw him turn from a boy into a man. He had a passion for karate, which came from his heart. Tony Bushby was Katie's first boyfriend, but she kept their interactions private, 
refusing to divulge any details to even her closest friends. Christmas Day came and went in 2011, and Katie Winter was asked by her sister Sabrina if she would babysit for her over Boxing Day night. Sabrina had plans to spend a rare night away with her boyfriend and was really looking forward to it. She knew she could trust her sister with the children, who Katie had watched many times before. Katie readily accepted the offer. She had no plans and wanted to see her niece and nephew enjoying the toys they had received on Christmas. It was a surprisingly tepid winter evening, with temperatures around 13 degrees. Katie pulled on a light jacket and walked the short distance to her sister's home around dinner time. Sabrina warned Katie in a way only an older sibling can. Lock the door and don't let anybody in. Katie waved off her sister before retreating to the living room to watch television with the children. She maintained contact with her mother and sister for several hours, providing updates on what they were doing. But then, at some point in the night... All contact from Katie Winter ceased. The next morning, Katie's mother Joy walked over to her eldest daughter's home on Beach Drive. She opened the door with a spare key and called out to Katie. Joy received no response. She noticed that the home was dark other than a light which was switched on upstairs. As Joy stepped into the hallway, the two young grandchildren appeared. They shouted from the top of the stairs, Grandma, Grandma, Katie's dead. Her mouth looks like a cat. Joy ordered the children to stay back as she cautiously walked through the home alone. She made her way through the dimly lit property toward the kitchen. Joy could see more blood smudged on the walls and floor. She slowly approached the kitchen, afraid of what she might find. Upon entering the room, she was met with an awful scene, something Joy described as looking like a horror film. Blood spatter covered the walls and ceiling and was pulled on the floor. The source of the blood was from one of her daughters. Katie was lying on her back on the kitchen floor. Her head rested against the fridge freezer and her feet pointed toward the door. Joy rushed over to Katie's side. She grabbed Katie's arm to try and pull her up thinking that some terrible accident had happened. However, Katie's arm was stiff and cold to the touch. Rigor mortis had already set in. It quickly dawned on Joy that something far more sinister had befallen her daughter. She immediately called the police. 
Emergency responders would determine that nothing could be done to save Katie Winter. As they lifted her body onto a stretcher, Joy rang her other daughter Sabrina to break the terrible news and to confirm that the children were safe, albeit shaken up. When pathologist Dr. Nate Carey began his examination, it was discovered that Katie Winter had been stabbed to death in a horrific attack. She had sustained 23 separate stab and slash wounds. The most lethal of her injuries was a wound to the neck that had penetrated two jugular veins and a deep laceration to her abdomen. She had also sustained numerous piercings to her liver and stab wounds to the top of each of her thighs. During the post-mortem, Dr. Carey determined that in spite of her injuries, Katie had put up a valiant fight for her life. She had suffered multiple defensive injuries to her right hand, where she had attempted to defend herself. A murder investigation was launched to try and track down Katie Winter's killer. The home over on Beach Drive was enveloped in crime scene tape as forensic experts descended on the scene. Detective Superintendent Michael Hanlon commented, We have a team of detectives currently working on the case who are looking at a number of lines of inquiry to establish what exactly happened. However, I would like to appeal to the communities of Boreham Wood to help us. An exhaustive search of the property and the vicinity failed to turn up a murder weapon. As forensic evidence was collected from inside the home, the police began conducting routine interviews with those closest to Katie to establish if anybody may have wished to harm her. Katie's friend Sheridan Skinner said, I don't know why any of this would happen. She was a lovely girl, and in the whole time I knew her, we never argued. Nobody could identify anyone who did not like Katie, let alone somebody who would want to kill her, so the police tried a new tactic. They turned to any electronic devices Katie owned including her mobile phone and laptop. It was through analysis of this equipment they learned of her relationship with Tony Bushby. Before long, they had discovered Bushby lived on Dingswell Crescent in Borehamwood, and officers wasted no time in getting there. The residence was only half a mile, just over a ten-minute walk from the scene of the crime. As they approached the Bushby's front door, they noticed something unusual. It was blood staining. A note was made to have forensic experts collect a sample. The officers then knocked on the front door. They were greeted by Bushby's mother, who said her son was not in. With the suspect absent, they thought they had no other option than to leave. But just before they did, Bushby appeared. 
He was questioned about his relationship with Katie Winter, but denied they were ever an item. Bushby did, however, admit that he had communicated with her through Facebook. According to Bushby, he was walking home as he chatted with Katie. She told him she was babysitting. To confirm Bushby's account, officers asked him if they could examine his mobile phone. Curiously, the device had been damaged, and Bushby had purchased a new one the same day that Katie's body was discovered. Still, he produced the broken phone for officers to inspect. There was obvious damage to the screen. Strangely, the SIM card was also not intact. Unsurprisingly, Tony Bushby was arrested and brought to the police station to be interviewed. Meanwhile, forensic experts arrived to comb through his home. As the police continued questioning Bushby and looking into his communications with Katie, they learned that the relationship was not precisely how Katie had envisioned it. Tony Bushby had not told anyone he and Katie were an item, opting to keep their communications private. While most of their interactions had taken place online, Katie and Bushby frequently met in secluded parks and woodland, where they would talk and kiss. Furthermore, while trying to get to know Katie on Facebook, Bushby had created four fake Facebook accounts two of which were men named Dan Tress and Shane Pluon, and two were women named Cynthia Darwin and Crystal Stangard. After setting up these accounts, Bushby added Katie and struck up conversations with her. Bushby pretended to be friends with the profiles he created, giving off the impression that he was a well-rounded and popular man. He worked around the clock to build a favourable portrait of himself. Being smitten with her new love interest and new to dating, Katie confided in her Facebook friends that she had fallen in love with Bushby, utterly oblivious to the fact he was the person behind the multiple accounts. Tony Bushby's web of lies was devastatingly effective. For Katie, the relationship was blossoming, but she was a very private person. It is thought Tony Bushby had insisted she keep quiet. Katie was unaware that behind the facade of normalcy, Tony Bushby had developed an obsession with watching violent pornography. Many of the videos he chose to watch depicted young black women much like Katie. Bushby had been obsessively searching for terms such as rape porn and submissive black girl porn. He was also googling methods of how to dispose of a body. One search term was, how long does it take to dig a grave by hand? Another, how long does it take to burn a human body? 
Tony Bushby denied that he was the person behind the fake Facebook accounts, and he insisted he had not been the one who had killed Katie. In fact, he suggested that Dan Tress was the murderer. Tell me about Dan. Okay, do you want your second name? You said his name is Dan Tress. So his date of birth? Date of birth, I don't know his birthday, but he's a year older than me, so he's 19. Um, He lives in London. Um, I believe it's central London. But again, I've never actually been to his flat. I've only ever met up with him in London and around uh, Watford. When presented with the blood evidence found at his home, Tony Bushby claimed that the blood on the door must have come from a pair of gloves he was wearing that had been given to him by his Facebook friend Dan Tress. According to Bushby, he had recently been sitting in a car with Tress, and when he complained that his hands were cold, Tress handed him a pair of gloves. By this point, however, the police had learned that Dan Tress was a figment of Bushby's imagination and that the four Facebook accounts that were interacting with Katie Winter were using the same IP address, an address linked to the home of Tony Bushby. That said, Bushby would not concede and continued with the charade contending that these four people were real. The four main friends, Dan, Cynthia, Shane, Crystal, that Katie knew from me. Um, yeah, so they're, they're the four main friends that they basically, I mean, they did kind of, I wouldn't say latch onto her, but when, when she started to talk to me, they kind of took an interest in her. Tony Bushby's laptop was searched, providing more proof that he had downloaded photographs of people from the internet that Bushby used to create the faux Facebook accounts. Experts then also found some other incriminating circumstantial evidence. After Katie Winter was murdered, at some point between 9.15pm and 9.40pm, Bushby had spent an hour looking at her Facebook profile. He then googled, How to permanently delete your Facebook account? before making inquiries to Facebook. On December 30th, 2011, Tony Bushby was charged with murder and held in custody to appear before Hatfield Magistrates Court the next morning. While announcing the charge... Detective Superintendent Michael Hanlon explained that the investigation was still ongoing. The detective highlighted they were searching specifically for a black bin bag in the area surrounding Leeming Road and Gateshead Road. As the police were looking into Tony Bushby, he had been captured on CCTV carrying a black bin bag through Borehamwood. Investigators were desperate to find the bag as it was believed that it contained his bloodstained clothing and the murder weapon. Detective Superintendent Hanlon stated, I would like to appeal to people in Borehamwood for help in tracing this bin bag 
If you have seen a bag in the area which you have found to be in an unusual place or believe there is something suspicious about it, please call Hearts Police on 101. Unfortunately, the black bin bag was never recovered, as local refuse had already been collected by the time the CCTV footage was discovered. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. As news of Katie Winter's murder filtered through Hertfordshire and the surrounding towns and villages, tributes for Katie came flooding in. Katie's teachers at West Hearts College described her as a skilled artist who had much to look forward to before her life was cruelly ended. David Eaton, an illustration tutor, said, Katie was a wonderful young woman with a bright future before her. She was talented and hardworking, hoping to become a professional illustrator. Very friendly and very popular, she will no doubt be sorely missed by both students and tutors. Katie 
as Katie Winter's family tried to make sense of their immense loss. They also had the heartbreaking task of arranging her funeral. The service was held on Valentine's Day 2012 at All Saints Church on Shenley Road in Boreham Wood. Katie's coffin was delicately placed onto the back of a horse-drawn carriage, surrounded by carnations. On flower arrangements spelt out her name. The carriage made its way through the streets and up to the church for a private service, held for just her family and friends. In May 2012, Tony Liam Bushby appeared at St Albans Crown Court where he pleaded not guilty to Katie Winter's murder. He was ordered to stand trial in July, and by the 4th of that month, the jury was seated and legal proceedings were ready to commence. During opening statements... Arguing for the prosecution, Michael Speak detailed the terrible scene that Katie's mother came across on December 27, 2011. Describing how Katie's nephew and niece were at the property, Speak told the court, Those young children had no real comprehension of the appalling nature of what had happened at the house. The prosecutor then turned his attention to the night in question. Michael Speak stated, Katie was stabbed many, many times. There was a tremendous amount of blood. The defendant got blood on himself and on his clothing and his hands. When he was entering his home in Digswell Close, he left traces of Katie's blood on his own front door. Michael Speak went on to mention how Bushby had purchased a new mobile phone the same day that Katie's body was discovered. The defendant's old phone was damaged. He said that it was an accident. The prosecution say that is a lie. The prosecution say he tried to damage his own phone to make it unusable, to prevent data being taken from it. The jury were led through Tony Bushby's actions on Facebook, detailing all of the accounts he had set up before interacting with Katie Winter. The prosecutor explained, The defendant manipulated the false identities to make Katie believe they were real people. He used them to say things about himself to gain her trust. He said flattering or impressive things to get her to like him. It was also revealed during opening remarks that Tony Bushby may have planned to kill Katie Winter at an earlier date. On December 23rd, he had lured her to a field on the outskirts of town, claiming they were going to meet one of his fictional friends. While there, however, Bushby was informed by Katie that she had told her sister about the meeting. A prosecutor stated... Why did he trick her into meeting in a muddy field in the cold and dark in Boreham Wood? Could it be that he planned to kill her then? But something went wrong? 
Why go to such bizarre lengths to get her to come out late at night pretending another woman would be there? Much of the trial focused on the forensic evidence linking Tony Bushby to the crime, including the bloody prints found on his front door, blood which was later matched to Katie Winter. The prosecution argued that after he killed Katie, Bushby ran back home, where he washed the blood from his hands and then destroyed his mobile phone in an attempt to conceal evidence. On the other hand, Tony Bushby was adamant that he had nothing to do with the killing, despite the forensic and circumstantial evidence. He testified on his own behalf, telling the jury, I didn't kill her. I honestly didn't kill her. Bushby then added, If there was one person who didn't deserve that, it was her. The defendant was asked by his barrister, Lee Carew QC, Did you at any stage contemplate harming Katie Winter? No, Bushby replied. I would never contemplate that. The subject then shifted to the four Facebook profiles Bushby had set up. His barrister said that nobody had been able to find any evidence that these four people existed. A confused expression passed over the defendant's face as he remarked, When they said that, I was shocked. I was bemused. As he had done before, Bushby claimed that Katie's blood was on his front door because he was wearing gloves given to him by his friend Dan Tress, someone who could not be located. Under cross-examination from Michael Speak, Bushby was asked, If Dan Tress does not exist, your story is an outright lie. Yes, the defendant replied. Bushby was then asked if Dan Tress existed. Where was he? I don't know, Bushby said. I wish I did. It was not surprising based on the prosecution's case that the jury saw through Tony Bushby's lies and with the overwhelming evidence presented, Bushby was convicted of Katie Winter's murder. The sentencing phase of the proceedings was held a few days after the verdict was handed down. Victim personal statements were presented and Katie's loved ones spoke of their grief. Clutching a tissue, Katie's mother Joy described how her world had crashed around her following the murder of her daughter. She also said it was impossible to express the devastation Katie's death had caused. Joy went on to describe Katie as truly unique, one in a million, and irreplaceable. Quote, She had an innocence about her, and it was because of that innocence that she died. 
Christmas should be a peaceful, happy time. But for my family, its meaning has been changed forever, and we will never be able to celebrate in the same way. I have been robbed of a future with my daughter. All the evidence shows that Bushby had planned to kill Katie. Why? What had she done to him? What, in his eyes, was a game to him? Grooming her. Controlling her. He is evil. And we will never forgive him. No motivation was presented during the trial. However, Judge Andrew Bright QC suggested that the killing was sexually motivated. He also described the murder as planned and premeditated, telling Tony Bushby, Although there was no sexual assault, I am satisfied that your motive was a sexual one, and that you derived sexual excitement from inflicting those injuries upon her. I am satisfied you intended to kill her, and made sure you had done so before leaving her in a pool of blood in the kitchen, where her young charges were to find her. In the months leading up to the murder, you created fictional friends in order to gain Catherine Winter's trust, and to say things on Facebook designed to mislead her. Concluding his remarks... The judge told Bushby that he posed a very real danger to women. Tony Bushby was sentenced to life with a minimum term of 25 years. After the sentence was handed down, Katie's family provided a statement in which they labelled Bushby pure evil, and a monster. We question every day how he could have done what he did to our beautiful Katie, knowing that there were children in the house. His sentence is nothing less than he deserves. However, at the end of it, he will have his life. Not only do we struggle to get through every day without her, he has ruined every Christmas for our family in the future as well. We as a family have been given a life sentence by him. So where are we now? as Tony Bushby was transported to prison to begin serving his life sentence. Joe Briscoe spoke with the media from her flat in Borehamwood, the flat she had once shared with Katie. Seeing my daughter in a pool of blood will haunt me until the day I die, she said. Joy tried to remain composed as she explained that she visited her daughter's grave almost every day. She struggled to come to terms with what happened, but Joy said she was trying to stay strong for her two grandchildren. She revealed that since the morning Katie's body was discovered, the two children had received counselling to help them deal with what they had seen. 
I hope and pray they will come through it, Joy said. The two children still remembered the tragic morning in graphic detail. According to their mother, Sabrina, one of them drew pictures of Katie covered in red. During the interview, Joy also warned people about the dangers of social media, especially for children and young women. Facebook is a dangerous thing, Joy said. As a parent, you don't know what your child is getting up to. I wish I'd kept a closer watch on her. You just expect your kids to be safe in your own home. In June 2014, a charity was launched to celebrate the life of Katie Winter. The Catherine Winter Memorial Foundation aimed to help people affected by violent crime. It also sought to provide education about the dangers of knife crime, as well as providing funding to support bereaved families. The launch of the charity was announced during an event which featured music from various Boreham Wood bands. It was supported by Bushy Academy, and they raised over £400 for the charity, with committee member Simon Murray stating, It had every great ingredient for success and was. You couldn't ask for better weather, spending time with family and friends showing their support for such a worthwhile cause. We all had a great time, raised a bit of money, but more importantly raised awareness of the foundation so that we can go out there and make a difference. Later that same year, Katie's family urged the government to make it illegal to access the type of extreme pornography that Tony Bushby was viewing in the lead-up to the murder. Katie's sister Sabrina contended that such films were far too easily accessible and could be seen as promoting racially motivated crimes. She also said that there was no doubt in her mind that Bushby's obsession with violent pornography was directly linked to her sister's murder. Quote, Bushby went from becoming obsessed with this type of violent fantasy to realising he knows a black woman and making that obsession a reality. These films depict black women in a very specific and degrading way and can be seen as inciting racial hatred or promoting violence against black women. The family's proposal was backed by several groups, including the End Violence Against Women Coalition. Sarah Green from the charity said that the government and internet companies should enforce the law online as we do offline. Marai Larasai, executive director of the black feminist group I'm Khan, echoed this sentiment, stating, What message is this sending about the value of any women, but particularly of black women? Their calls were heard loud and clear, and Mike Penning, then a Minister for State Justice, announced that they were extending the current extreme pornography offence to cover images of rape and other non-consensual penetration. Mm-hmm. 
A law has since been passed making it illegal to possess this material. Tony Bushby will be eligible to apply for parole in 2036. He will be in his mid-40s. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.